Is it me or was it hiding here? Is it me or was it hiding here? So Hollywood, your girl marquita but they call me miss hollywood and you are tuned in to so hollywood the podcast Woo! yes shout out to saratoga for the intro um i might have a contest to do my intro outro for the next season because i'm doing 10 episodes per season and this is actually my ninth episode shout out to me because i'm still rocking it uh, I never thought that I would see this day, but hey, it's all good. And I normally give a recap of uh, my last show, which I had a special guest by the name of Ben Bond of NetSwagger, and he dropped a lot of jewels on us. Uh, everything from stock exchange to Bitcoin, to management, to contracts, lawyering up, knowing how to read your contract, being able to just know everything about what you're doing uh, as an artist or just if you want to get in the industry, anything of that nature, he can help you. He also builds apps. So if you're looking for an app, you can definitely um, holler at him. His name is Ben Bond of NetSwagger. Also, every uh, every episode, I like to bring up these three topics. Uh, why we don't have a major hub or t- for talents in the Virginia area, or if people actually think we do. Um, is it is VA a movement or are they moving individually? And then VA talent in the outlets that we have located here. And also, I have a question of the day, which I like for my guests, in which I do have a special guest today. Uh, I like for my guests to answer it at the end of the actual show because I just want them to think about the question and then answer it sufficiently. So the question of the day is, what bothers you about the industry? Why? And what is the solution that you have for that? So... <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, like I said, I have a special guest today, and uh, he's been around, and he's born and raised here in Virginia. <laughs> well, he's raised in Virginia. My bad. He was raised in Virginia, and he has a he wears a lot of hats. If a lot of people don't know, but I'm pretty sure a lot of people know this gentleman. Uh, he goes by the name of Batman. 
He is CEO of Dark Knight Entertainment, a former Def Jam rep, and he also belongs to the Hip Hop Caucus branch out in this area in which they are doing a whole lot, and we will talk a little bit more about that a little bit later. So I would like to introduce my special guest, which is Batman, Dark Knight ENT. Shout out to you. <laughs> hi. Hi, everybody. Hi. Hi, everybody. Mm -hmm. So, how are you doing today? I'm amazing. I'm good. Amazing. That's such a big word. Yeah, well, that's, I got to be descriptive. <laughs> that's exactly how I feel. I feel oh, amazing. Okay, okay, okay. So, we're going to get into a little bit of your background, where you grew up, mm -hmm. um, everything from the music you, you used to listen to up until now. So, mm -hmm. just give me a little rundown of who you are and the beginning of your career. So, yes, I go by Batman VA Promoter. Um, as you said, I'm the CEO of Dark Knight ENT, which is a music marketing and promotions company. Mm -hmm. um, I am also the Virginia coordinator for the Hip Hop Caucus, as well as the area director for the League of Conservation Voters, which is a nonprofit, nonpartisan voter registration um, organization. Mm -hmm. um, I work with No Malice from the Clips. And yeah, social justice stuff. Um, I always want to you know help the community any way I can, you know, uh, et cetera. So, what started you off in this industry? Like, what was the first thing that you was like, "Hey, I could do this for a living, and I can get paid." I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you the moment. Um, the moment that I decided that I was gonna do something in music was when Jay Z came out with the Blueprint. Mm -hmm. I was at home. I, I was watching music videos and I saw the H to the Izzo video. And so if you remember, Jay-Z was on the float, right, mm -hmm. um, for that video. And as he's rapping, I see Dame Dash next to him. Mm -hmm. And Jay-Z had on an iced out Rockefeller chain. And then Dame Dash had on an iced out Rockefeller chain. Mm -hmm. And then I'm like, wait, Jay-Z's rapping. But Dame Dash isn't. He's dancing, mm -hmm. but his chain is just as iced out as Jay's. Mm -hmm. So I know I'm not going to be no rapper. So whatever Dame does, I need to figure that out. <laughs> That's where all this came from. All these shenanigans came from that that realization of he didn't have to spit a bar, but he's in the video. Mm -hmm. He looks important. He's important enough to be standing next to Jay, and he's getting the respect of being, you know, in proximity to Jay in that way. And so then I decided to start researching and figure out what he did. Then I found out he's the co-CEO of Rockefeller, mm -hmm. which makes him not only a business owner, but an executive. And then I figured out, okay, what, what, do, what does he do? And he handled like strategy and marketing and promotion and all this kind of stuff and helped develop artists. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to do that. Um, then I was like, okay, where do I start? Because I can't just hop in the game and be right, an executive. Exactly. So then I was reading books and researching and I figured out that um, Kevin Lyles, who worked for Def Jam and mm -hmm. um, co-owns 300, um, he started out as an intern, a street team intern. Mm -hmm. He worked on and worked on street teams before. You know that's how he got in. And so when I figured out, okay, well, I need to get on a street team so I can gain enough knowledge to figure out exactly what I want to do. Right. Um. What position you were going to take? Right. I had to figure out how to get on a street team. Mm -hmm. So my best friend, uh, Rashawn Jones, shout out to him down in Atlanta. He's an actor. Um, he worked him. at Legends Retail in, in Coliseum <laughs> Mall in Hampton. <laughs> So I begged Rashawn to get me a job at Legends. Mm -hmm. um, I did the interview, got hired, 
And my whole plan, my whole master plan was if I can get hired at Legends, then some of the street team guys, somebody's going to come in there and drop off their promo stuff because they right. always drop off CDs or flyers. So I was there. I worked there for like three months before I met the the street team rep for Hampton, which was his name was Jig. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I, I just pushed up on him like, listen, like, I really want to get down. I'm trying to get some knowledge. Uh, you know, I'm, whatever I need to do, I'll do. It was like, man, everybody says that, you know, people work ethic is not where it needs to be. Right. I don't know. It was like, all right, tell you what, if you show up at Hampton University at seven o'clock in the morning tomorrow, then I'll put you on the team. I was at HU at like 645 a.m. Oh, wow. And then I believe what he put in my hand was like Joe Button's first project, like the promo for that. <laughs> and I think the Young Guns promo stuff. So th- wow. that'll let you know, like, yeah, how long ago that was. Pump. Pump, pump it up. Pump it up, that, yeah. Was it that track or was it, it that It would have had to have been. Yeah, it would have wow. had to have been because that was, yeah, he had, it was his first project and I don't think it had dropped yet. So it would have been Pump It Up and the promo stuff for the album. Wow. Mm-hmm. Do you know how old that is? <laughs> Relatively. <laughs> Relatively. <laughs> but it's dope, though. It's That's, dope. That, that it's style. dope. Mm-hmm. And then, so when you were able to get on that street team, mm-hmm. um, Tell me a little bit about what you've learned. And then on top of that, what positions you played in order to make everything work? Right. So most of what you do as a street team intern is follow directions. You, right. You follow directions and you learning. And so a lot of what I did was handing out flyers outside of clubs, which means you have to humble yourself. Right. Because that's not the coolest looking thing to do. Yep. Um, But I knew I knew what I was in the game for. Like I said, I soon as I you know figured out I want to be in music, whatever it was going to take, I was with it. And, and like I said, fortunately, I had read books and articles and stuff. And so I know that was part of the process. And so I was handing out flyers. I was putting up posters. I was picking up vinyl from my boss, who would have been um, G, Gerald Daniels. So mm-hmm. shout out to him. Mm-hmm. Um, and then later on, Keith, um, Keith Barham. Mm-hmm. I was uh, picking up vinyl and then delivering them. Um, two DJs at whatever club. Now this was for Def Jam, right? For the Def Jam Street Team, but they all, but they it, it's a count. So they had the Def Jam Street Team, and they also had the Atlantic Street Team. Okay. So I think I started with Def Jam, but then I ended up doing Def Jam and Atlantic because they had both accounts. Right. Okay. Um. Yeah. So I was driving around. You know, I think once in a while, you know what I'm saying, they would give me like fifteen dollars, twenty dollars for gas. Right. And it was my job to talk my way in the clubs. Right. And service vinyl to DJs. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's how I got to learn the lay of the land, which is a new world for me um, as far as nightclubs and promoters and DJs. And, and that's how I figured out networking is super important, it that is. how you talk to somebody is super important, how you build relationships and maintain them are super important. Yes. And all that kind of stuff. So, you know, um, I just wanted to be seen as somebody who was a hard worker initially. Again, I didn't know what I wanted to do exactly. I just knew that I wanted the respect of everybody understanding that I'm going to do what I need to do to make it happen. To make it happen. Right. Um, and so I, I did that for two and a half, three years, something like that. Mm-hmm. But as you know, in Virginia, it's not the same as if you if I would have interned in New York. Right. Those guys, they can intern for six months and then they'll get an A&R job or something. Right. They'll get a position. Yeah. It's, it's we always all way, lead to something else. Right. Because you, cause you're doing, you're you're proving yourself in front of people who can write checks and right. give you, you know, jobs. Right. Here, it's like we're so detached, still vitally important, but Middle so man. detached that I actually had to do or work longer as an intern 
um, just just to make a name for myself. So we're not even talking about I'm doing it in search of getting a job, which was what I was trying to do. Correct. But I didn't understand that. I'm thinking if I just put in work, I will get a job with Def Jam. And that ain't really how it works. Right. Um, and so it definitely was a thing of, yeah, I did two and a half, three years and still working at Legends. So coming in late sometimes. So you interned that. a total of two and a half to three years. Actually, the, uh, it was a total of like four because what happened was two and a half years, three years into it. Obviously, I can't live off a Legends of course. check. Right. And so it was like, you know, I felt like I was, you know, running against the clock. Mm-hmm. So I basically ran out of time mm-hmm. and I had to make a decision. And my decision was, okay, I can't survive off of this. I need to go in the military. Oh. And it pained me to do it, but I did it. Um, and I guess it pained me in a different way because my I come from a military background. Right. And so, again, I'm from Hampton. My mother did 20 years in the Navy. My father did 20 years in the Marines. Oh, So, so you was, you... for me, going in the military was the easy way out. But because I wasn't passionate about being in the military, not about serving my country, but being in the military, mm-hmm. um, I felt like I I lost something because it was I knew it was going to take me far away from my dream. Right. Um, but I knew that's what I needed to happen because I didn't have another option. Right. So I went into the military, um, into the Navy. Um, and then what happened was you finish boot camp and then you go, um, you, uh, you go to A school. Mm-hmm. And my job was SH or was going to be SH was means um, SH is a department ship servicemen, meaning they're, they're the department that cuts hair. Mm-hmm. Um, they run the ship store on this on the ship. Mm-hmm. Um, they do the laundry, all that kind of stuff. And so I went to the A school and then you have a thing where you get to pick your orders or where, mm-hmm. where you know, your dream list. Right. And you put in an order from whatever. I put Norfolk as my first thing. So, you know, they have all these wild locations, Japan and Portugal, and all these places. Um, you know, and I put Norfolk as my first. Because wow. my, my plan, again, I'm I'm a planner. So my plan was if I can be in the Navy and get a legitimate check, mm-hmm. secure a job, and then be stationed in Norfolk, then I can still do, do the I can still team. do the street team stuff after mm-hmm. I get off of work. Right. What they did was they they stationed me in San Diego. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And so I don't I don't mind saying this. I cried. I went in the bathroom and cried. <laughs> Because in my mind, all I could think about was, now I'm going to be even further from my dream. Right, right. And so, you know what I'm saying? I got myself together. All right, cool. You know what I'm saying? Went to San Diego. And then, you know, I got, you know, took me a week or two to kind of get my bearings in San Diego and stuff like that. Beautiful place, by the way. I love San Diego now. Right. Um, But then I figured out um, I need to keep my skills sharp because at some point it's going to double back Mm -hmm, and I'm going mm -hmm. to get back to this music, whatever I got to do. Right. It was always a thing of I don't want to feel like the industry used me. Right. And so this this was again, here's my other plan. I figured out, okay, cool, this is what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna do what I was doing in Virginia. Right. I'm gonna go to club owners. Actually I wasn't doing this in Virginia, but the, the work part was was what was important. I'm gonna go to club owners and tell them, listen, I got a whole street team here in San Diego. Give me five hundred dollars a month to put out flyers. Um, for your club and me and you know give me the box give me the money and me and my team will put it out for you you know to you know drive awareness to your club or whatever right um straight line i didn't have no team it was just me <laughs> you know what you I'm was saying? finessing early in the game <laughs> and i want to call it finesse because the work got done so right. what happened was i ended up having five different clubs that i was doing that i was putting out their flyers and i didn't know san diego so this was my way to make money keep my skills sharp 
You know what I'm saying? And, and learn your way around. And, and continue to learn right. my way around San Diego and to feel better. Right. And so that was like a coping mechanism almost. And so you could do that math, like five clubs times $500. I'm clearing over two Gs, over, you know, 2500 On top of what you're getting from the From Navy. the military. Or, yeah. So no disrespect to the military. So I was like clocking out from the military and then going to like my little apartment that I was sharing with like three other people. And throwing my uniform as far across the room as I can <laughs> and putting on a T-shirt mm-hmm. and then, like, hitting the streets and, like, passing out flyers, you know, wherever I could for all of these different clubs. Mm-hmm. And that's how I learned how to get around San Diego. You know what I'm saying? At that point, if you can imagine, I'm in San Diego by myself. I didn't right. go with no friends, right. no family, nothing. I didn't have no friends or family in San Diego. Right. So it was literally me with my thoughts. So I was talking to myself a lot, but I was keeping myself focused. Like, all right, bet. Like, this is just a, a chapter. You just got to get through this and you go. Like, it was right. a lot of, you know. Maneuvering. Yeah. Maneuvering. Right. And so, you know, I did that. Now, here's a funny thing. So at a certain point, um, you know, I had my annual <laughs> checkup, whatever, mm-hmm. um, for the military. And then the, the, the guy was like, you know, you actually, you actually qualify to get out of the military early now. Wow. And I'm like, okay. He was like, you know. Yeah, well, he told me that, and I'm not going to say the rest of the conversation, but okay. he told me that, and then I made the next steps to get out of the military. Here's the funny part. So I'm in transition to getting out of the military, mm-hmm. and then a marketing company from San Diego had heard about what I was doing. Because mm-hmm. in, in the midst of that, like, people were hearing what I was doing. So of I ended course. up promoting a party for Paul Wall and, like, Mike Jones in Mexico. And then it was, like, a G-Unit, G-unit party and somebody else in Mexico. <laughs> And so I was picking up gigs while I was doing the, you know what I'm saying? So people, my name was starting to spread a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, so this marketing firm heard about me and they they approached me and said, listen, um, we love what you're doing. Um, you know, we'll offer you a job, $60,000 a year. And this was right when I was about to be discharged from the military. So it was all kind of like a yeah, so but then I had to make another choice because in my mind I'm trying to figure out how I can get back to Virginia. You understand <laughs> what I'm saying? The whole time. Right? The whole time. Right. The whole plan is to get back to Virginia. Right. This is only to make some pocket change mm-hmm. and to keep my skills sharp so mm-hmm. I can hop back in the game seamlessly. I didn't want to come back and be rusty. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so yeah, it led to that. And then I had to make the decision. And then I think me now I would have stayed, obviously, hindsight and wisdom and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. But then it was like, now I have a chip on my shoulder. I'm like, I can't believe I can make $60,000 in somebody else's state to do what I love, but I couldn't figure this out fast enough to not be in San Diego in the first place. Right. And so then that was like, that angered me. So then I used that as motivation. I'm like, all right, I figured it out here. The money's on the table. I'm going to figure this out back home. And so I packed up all my stuff in my car and I drove cross country from San Diego to Virginia by myself. Awesome. Yeah. Like first of all, how did you even get your car over to San Diego? They I didn't it? have a car when I when I left. Oh. No, no, no. Did I? No, I did. I did have a car, but I, or you know, lack of oil changes, all that. I lost the car <laughs> right? when I got to San Diego. I mean, I'm military, so right, they're gonna right. give you whatever kind of loan. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, I got yeah. another car when I got to San Diego. So yeah, it was like a Nissan Altima, whatever. I love that car. It was a cool car, cool car. But I packed up all my stuff and I drove drove cross country. My my mom like damn near begged me to just. So why don't you just sell your vehicle and then fly home? Right. Um, one, I'm not the biggest fan of planes anyway, mm-hmm. but that regardless, it, that's never stopped me from doing any kind of business. It was more so a thing of um, had I did that and shipped my car back, then I would have to wait for my car. That would have been extra, whatever, whatever. Right. You didn't um, want to do all But that. then the main reason was 
I believe in, um, you know, um, almost, I don't know what, what the best way to say it is, but like almost like your life is a movie. Mm-hmm. And so I believe that was like a touchstone and that part of my journey included me traveling, like physically traveling. Like it was a significance to it. Like, okay, I'm starting a new chapter. I need to physically drive, you know what I'm saying? Physically make the journey to my dream. That's how mm-hmm. I was rationalizing my head. Mm-hmm. So I did, I packed all my stuff out and, um, and yeah, I drove cross country by myself and it was, wow. I needed that for like my soul. Like, you know, cause I had time to think, decompress, reflect on what I had just been through. I would think you would have time to think when you were by yourself originally, but now it's more like going to San Diego by yourself. You was just there by yourself. Yeah. You had a lot to think about. Yeah, so but then you still have other back, stuff. You still have other stuff while, you know, day in, day out. So, you know, y- your coworkers. And then the people I met out in town. Like, right. I've always been a sociable person. Right. So somehow, this is a, the side note. So somehow, remember I told you I had a car. Yes. So, you know, they always have the people in military cities where, you know, they approach you and try to get you to buy a car from their lot or whatever. And so, you know, it's like a finder's fee. If somebody in the military, ref, you know, refer or recommend somebody to this car lot and you buy a car, you get like a little kickback. You get like $500 and stuff like right. that. Right, referrals. Referral, right? Mm-hmm. And so somebody did that and I went to this car lot and then they were super nice. And then I didn't end up buying a car from them. Mm-hmm. I ended up buying my car from like a like a family. Right. But those people liked me so much, and I took to them that I just ended up still hanging around the car lot when I wasn't passing out flyers right. and when I wasn't at right. work or whatever. Um. So shout out to Andrew and Mama Jeannie, and they still look at me as like family. Oh, you know what I'm saying? Nice. She actually just texted me for my birthday and was you know what I'm saying so I, I love them to death because they I I think of them as like my second family because they really took care of me and that goes back to the building the relationship 100 percent. like mm-hmm. when you meet someone you either have to determine whether you're going to continue to be their friend mm-hmm. or understand everything because being a friend mm-hmm. or being someone that you come in contact with mm-hmm. you have to understand that they go through things mm-hmm. in life so mm-hmm. she saw fit to contact you and still be in your life and mm-hmm. that's dope and a lot of people don't appreciate when their whole that. job is to sell military kids cars Right. You know what I'm saying? So the fact that they took to me um, for whatever reason, you know what I'm saying? And I was able to still hang out. Right. Even though I wasn't, you know what I'm saying? So I, what really should have happened is, okay, you didn't buy a car, but we cool with you. You should be referring people. Right. I think I referred one or two people, but I never was able to refer anybody to them that got them any money. Right. But they didn't care because at this point now we're, you know, we're friends or, you know, we're tight. So, right. you know, but like I said, I, I, I maintain that relationship today. Like I said, my birthday was last Thursday. She hit me up on Friday and still wished me happy birthday, said she loved me, said they missed me. When am I coming back to San Diego? All that kind of stuff. That's love. So, like, you know, like, you know, I I, I appreciate those kind of things because they were, they were acted, they acted as a support system. Again, I'm far away from home. Right. No family. So, you know, the fact that they welcomed me in their home and their life and um, we had, like, an actual strong bond is, like, that's super important to me. And I'm a loyal person. Like, right. Yeah. If you, you do something, um, you know, with any kind of, you know, substantial meaning in my life, mm-hmm. I don't abandon that just because whatever, the chips are down exactly. or whatever. So, exactly. you know, it's not a lot of people. It's not a lot of people like that yeah. in general mm-hmm. and let alone in, in the world. So I just, appreciate it. It sucks. So I made the journey. Yep. I think it took me like four days, five days. I saw the country. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I went, so I went down, like I went through Cali and Arizona and New Mexico. Of course you had to stop, but did you, did you know? I had money, so I was staying at hotels. (laughs) When it came to like, 
the did you notice any like artists or hip hop things while you traveled those? Nah, because you wasn't. No, nah, no, nah, my mom wasn't there. My, it, I was almost in survival mode. Remember, oh. I'm a I'm a young black man, right? And I'm traveling through the desert. That was my mom's biggest my, my mom's biggest concern. Like I was gonna pop a tire and I was gonna be in the middle of the desert right. as a black man and anything could happen to me. That's why she was like, "Yo, get on a flight. What are you doing?" Right. And I was like, no, I feel everything you're saying. I, I feel you, Mom. I'm a, I, I feel like I'm going to be okay, though. Yes. Uh, that car held it together. You know what I'm saying? It wasn't like falling apart or nothing, but like anything really could have happened. I mean, of course. think about it now. Of it course. Was, Four days. Yeah. San Diego, all different types of weather you're yeah. going through. All and different kinds of states, all different kind of roads, people. Roads. Drivers. Yeah. Like mountains. Them mountains ain't no motherfucking joke, Yeah, I went bro. through all like, that. You know what I'm <laughs> saying? But I didn't have, I didn't have no issues um, at all. And then... Which I guess should have been a sign. I mean, in the back of my head, I guess whatever. But when I pulled into Virginia, it was raining, and I was like, "Wow, is that good?" I was like, "I wasn't really." You know what I'm saying? Like, is that good? I don't really, you know, I don't know, I don't know. But that's, everything you from there on, it felt like a sign to you. Yeah. Like, do you? Yeah. And you still live like that to this day. Like yeah. everything yeah. that you do, and that just shows I'm just aware. Like I'm not. I don't. I'm not. A, I don't believe in luck, but mm-hmm. I do look at things like. Let me just make sure I'm aware. Like, that right. just happened. Let me just be aware of it. Right. So okay. I don't look at it as necessarily a sign sign. Like, mm-hmm. oh, I need to do this now. Right. Um, But it does infer my judgment sometimes. Um, Yeah. So, got back. Mm-hmm. And I had to humble myself again. I asked Keith, um, who was my second boss for Def Jam. He mm-hmm. had been promoted to New York. Mm-hmm. So, I believe he was ro- working under Def Jam under the Russell Simmons Music Group. Okay. And so I had him refer me to the guy that he passed the Def Jam account to, which would have been Trey Styles. Oh. So that's how I meet Trey. Okay. Trey, me and Trey didn't know, any, know each other from nothing. I think we worked on the team at the same time, but we never was just at the apartment to right. pick up product at the same time or right. for some reason. And so I got down with Trey and then, you know, Adrian was still on the team and all of that. So, um, you know, I put in work for them. So how I make the break from Def Jam is... Um, you remember Big Kurt, security? Of course. Guy. He's in Atlanta now. Yes, he um, is. He does security for Monica. Yes. Yeah. Um, so Kurt was like, yo, there's it's, it's a small world too, by the way, because Jasma, you know who Jasma is. Yes. She your friend. Yes, yeah, she pretty girl. <laughs> good gracious. All your friends are pretty. Sierra, Jasma, good gracious. Okay, go ahead. She actually knows him as well. Mm-hmm. And so that's how we met. Me and Jasmine met. Because we Ooh, all her? met mm-hmm, oh, wow. together. Because mm-hmm. we, I think we were going to a Chris Brown concert or Makes something. Sense. Okay. And I had met them. And he was like, yeah, this is my friend Jasmine. Mm-hmm. And after that, it was just a wrap. Like, we were thick as thieves. That makes sense. But that was in reference to... Me yeah, meeting him world. outside of that, and then now you say that yeah, you so, met him. So Kurt hits me, and Kurt was like, yo, there's an independent artist from New York. Her name is Vanelli. I still remember the name. Her name was Vanelli. Mm-hmm. And she had uh, her manager or whatever was like an investor, mm-hmm. investor too. And they were like, um, yeah, Vanelli, um, the manager, wanna, you know, they need a team for Memorial Day weekend mm-hmm. in Miami. Mm-hmm. So it was like, we're going to pick a couple models. And then we need a, a a street team guy to go with us. I'm like, all right, cool. Details. Let me know. Right. Put and me he on. was like, all right, cool. So I believe the pay was like $1,000 or $1,500, something like that. Mm-hmm. Plus, they were going to pay for my flight um, and my hotel every night that I was there. But it was going to be a different hotel on the strip. 
mm. every night. So then those were the days. Listen. <laughs> oh, and they would pay for meals too. Of so course. flight, meal, transportation. Per diem. Per diem. Listen. <laughs> and so then, you know what I'm saying? I told Trey. Now here's the thing. I hadn't said this piece of it. Um, except for the part that I told Trey, mm-hmm. and Trey was like, "Yo, bro, like this one Afram Fest was here, same oh. weekend, Memorial Day weekend." Yeah. So Trey was like, "Yo, like I need you here," and I'm like, "Wait a minute, Adrian was also going to Miami, but Adrian was going to Miami on vacation. He wasn't working <laughs> or nothing." So I'm like, <laughs> "Adrian be dipping out. He used to dip out like a boogie, boogie was like, "I'm going. Like, uh, uh, y'all talking <laughs> about? I'm going." So Trey was like. I was like, wait, but A Boogie, A's going to Miami and he's just chilling. I'm going for a check. What's wrong? What's the problem? And he was like, listen, I, I think the problem was we were gonna he was gonna be shorthanded. Mm-hmm. He was mm-hmm. gonna not have Adrian and he's gonna not have me. Right. And I forgot however other many people, I think it was maybe two or three people at the time, mm-hmm. but he would have been shorthanded. And I believe he felt like we were his two best workers or two of his best workers or whatever. So for both of us to not be there, you know, when mad Def Jam artists probably would have been around for more of a weekend. Of course, as a manager of whatever, you're going to be like, Afram bro. Afram, too, because Afram, Afram is, is definitely huge. So huge. I know he needed me. I, I feel I feel him on that. Right. Well, I'm like, yeah, but you're talking about me interning <laughs> and not getting <laughs> no money <laughs> and going to Miami and living <laughs> life right. and getting a check to do the same work for indie artists. <laughs> right. And I was past the labels. I'm just about the work now. Right, of course. So he was like, yo, you're going to have to make a decision. If you go, then you're not going to be on the street team no more. Like... <gasps> So he, he he gave you an ultimatum. He gave me an ultimatum, and then I really was in the crib like, uh, <laughs> like I got th- I had to think about it. Like, uh, what am I gonna do? Get this but money, I, but I, or get these but I, I love the fact that I I even contemplated <laughs> it because it let me know it did still remind me like I am again I'm a loyal person so I it was a conflict like I right, I definitely course. didn't want to let him down and I could only imagine like you know now I know way better because when you're managing a team the people start. Yeah dipping off like you short it, become, it becomes a trend not a trend but it becomes a norm because they'll think that they can just go and do whatever but not even that as much as we was gonna leave him in alert like you know what <laughs> I mean? afram is what t- tens of thousands of people yes and and we some hard workers yes and neither one of us is gonna be here right and and not only hard workers but he trusted us he know that if we tell him we're gonna do some work we're gonna do the work he's asking of us correct and so, yeah, I was in conflict. I didn't want to let Trey down. Mm-hmm. But then in the back of my head, I'm like, but A is going. And he ain't say nothing to A. Right. It's like, why Why is he not revisiting <laughs> this A boogie conversation? <laughs> he didn't revisit it. Like, A was just like, like he signed off or whatever. Like, I'm like, nah, I'm. I'm going. I'm yeah, out. Yeah, at this point, yeah, the, 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 the way I came to the decision was, well, technically, you would be my third boss for Def Jam and Atlantic Street Team. Mm-hmm. You wouldn't be my first. So in total, that's what I'm saying. In total, I would have oh, almost four years. Okay, understood. So imagine, imagine anybody telling you, especially in you know in another market, you intern, you intern for four years. Yeah. No. So you can't really. It wasn't so. It was a conflict, but it's only conflict from the loyalty standpoint, not from the I have more to learn standpoint. I didn't feel like I had anything else to learn at that right. point. Right. It was about. It was your time to step away. Either right. Way. But I was still. I was nervous because I because I know when I fly back in. <laughs> right. I'm by myself. Right. So that right. was the other thing. Right. Um. But I was like, no, nah, I'm I'm gonna figure this out. Mm-hmm. So that's the one time I didn't have a plan. I was like, I'm gonna figure this out. Whatever it is, I'll figure it out. So I went, had a great time. I bumped into Sal from DTP. You remember Sal? Uh, Light skinned guy. Worked for Disturbing the Peace. 
Probably. So Ludacris had like his own Memorial Day weekend, whatever, itinerary or whatever. Mm-hmm. So his whole team was down there. So Sal and Ricky and all them guys, the, the DTP Street team was there. Mm-hmm. And it was living life. <laughs> so as soon as I bumped into them, I'm like, oh, sh- like, you know, um, of course. brethren. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Are you always going, you know, anybody in the struggle with you, you're going, brethren. So that was cool that I was able to say what up. Yep. Even just say what up to somebody who was down there also doing what I was doing. Right. Um, You know, and they were also getting a check. Obviously, they were for <laughs> And then... You know, yeah, so I did that, you know, I put in my work, you know, got my money, had a great time. Mm-hmm. And then I flew back in and was like, all right, so now what am I going to do? So now what? So I still had Legends. Yes. You know what? I had to get rehired at Legends. I had oh, to yeah, get rehired at Legends. Oh, yeah, came back. Yeah, right. yeah, I got rehired at Legends. So I came back. I was still at Legends, but it was like trying to figure out whatever. So I then was doing, you know, just little stuff for mm-hmm. clubs, you know what I'm saying, getting a little money here and there. And then art, indie artists started hitting me up. And then what happened was, this is where me and you had already met at this point. I okay. forgot where, but you, me and you had met somewhere in this point. I don't even remember either. Cause I it's don't remember. So I don't long. remember how, but me and you already knew each other. Is what I'm saying. Right. Right. And right. And so right. what happened was, while I'm working at Legends, the Chuck. That's when I met Chuck mm-hmm. because Crabbers in Hampton. Oh. And then uh, Chuck, <laughs> Chuck approached me. Crabbers. Right. <laughs> Crabbers. R.I.P. to Crabbers. So Chuck, Chuck was like, "Listen, bro." <laughs> I work for Chauncey Black from Black Street. Oh shit! See, she don't think she I'm going. Um, he needs a street team coordinator. I think you know what I'm saying you you got what it takes. Da da da. So I didn't. I went and had a meeting with Chuck, and then I was living off Little Creek then. Mm, and then, <laughs> you know what I'm saying. I think I met Chauncey before I got hired. And okay. Then they they both signed off on it, and I became the street team coordinator for Chauncey Black. When mm. he became a solo artist, when he got his deal with Busta for Flip Mode. Everything is your, your birthday. birthday. Mm. <laughs> I just listened to that yesterday. Actually, it's on one of my playlists right now. That shit was lit, though. It's st- that if you go, you should go back and listen. It's still a hard record. It is. It's a hard it record. It is. And then being Shout able to, to be there and yeah. experiencing that, mm-hmm. like, oh. I that was my first full-time music job. <gasps> really? He was, he was something else. He was something else. <laughs> When it was good, it was good, though. You know what I'm saying? Everything in hindsight. You know what I'm saying? Chance was something else, and then we got going, you know, whatever. Yeah, shout out but, to Chance. But, but, here's, but here's the thing. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. I didn't clean it up with Legends the way I should have. What I told Legends was, I feel horrible. I got to say it now. It's yeah, so, you got to. Yeah, it's so, it's so far away now, so yeah, long ago. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. told Legends I had a death in the family, and I was having a hard time cope. And I needed <laughs> some time. <laughs> I needed some time. But all I really was trying to do was figure out how I could quit Legends without telling them I'm quitting. I'm quitting Legends oh. to work for Chauncey Black. Not, right. It didn't have nothing to do with Chauncey. It was, right. here's the thing. Legends have been super loyal to me. Of course. So I'll be late. Because they hired you back. for one. They hired me back. But it was more so I would leave early to do Def Jam stuff and Atlantic stuff. Oh. I would come in late because I'm staying to the club till 2, gotcha. two o'clock, 3 o'clock gotcha. in the morning, going to after parties, you know, going to after hour spots. Right. So they were super lenient. So shout out to um, uh, uh, the whole Legends crew. Mm-hmm. Hampton Coliseum. Hampton Coliseum. Yeah. Damn. R.I.P. Damn. <laughs> so I told them I had a death in the family, mm-hmm. and then you know I was super sad. I I like I was super sad. Oh my god. And then I told them that, and then yeah. So Chauncey Black Street Team, and then at some point, at <laughs> some point, Chuck steps away, and then I become the marketing coordinator. I took his job. I didn't take his job, but. Chuck you were away. appointed that I job. was appointed that. Mm-hmm. And then you, <laughs> and you, then... I got you hired. Yes. 
which I love because I needed I needed somebody that I trusted. Yeah. So who better, you know what I'm saying? Than, yeah. Than Buki. And I call her Buki because that's, you know, she's my female best friend. So just so y'all know. Yes. You know, um, and so yeah, I knew and but it even past us being friends, you're legitimately qualified for anything I would have asked and really overqualified. And so I needed somebody I could trust to help what I was doing. Right. Because Chauncey is a handful. And then my ex, Minda. Yes. I got her hired too. So both of y'all was there. And yes. we was all a team. So it was us and Sprague and Bo yes. and all of them. And then still doing Dark Knight. Yes. All that was happening at the same time. At the same time. And then somehow Shampoo from New York, who worked for Def Jam. I think I remember. I remember the names. I just need to he, see his face. Yeah, you, you would know him if you him. Yeah, because yeah. so Shampoo was like the Shampoo was like the head street team guy for New York. Okay. So when they would come with artists on promo runs and tours and stuff, Shampoo is who they always sent. Right, okay. To go on tour or whatever. Okay. So me and him had a relationship from when I interned. So at some point, you know, it was basically a conversation like, Trey, Trey, this is when Trey stepped away from Def Jam. Okay. And then there was an opening, there was an opening for the Virginia slot. Right. And then Shampoo was like, yeah, it was something to the effect of, we know you can handle the job. We know you're qualified. You know, do you, you know, want, you the, want job? the job? Right. And I was like, hell yeah. Like, <laughs> and then that's how I became the Def Jam marketing rep for VA. Mm-hmm. And da 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 da. Here today. Because that's a long story. But that, know. yeah. Because we, yeah, we used to grind out. Like, mm. it mm. got to the point where I didn't even want to wear heels. I was wearing sneakers to the club. Like, <laughs> mm. I'm handing. Handed out flyers in the club for flyers. Of the year. We bro, got three like, promoter of the year awards. Yeah, Dark we, we I'm worked super really hard. We worked really and my hard. car got broken into the night that I was doing that. But we're not gonna. I'm go sorry. Into, no, it's okay. Was I with you? I think it was. A, yeah, we was at. Uh, I had work. I was working at Alice Mays, and I had to go to work Mays. right after. And then yeah, I was with you because yeah, you was, was just, like crying next to me or something. Yeah, I was you got like, damn Yo, right. Okay, My whole good. motherfucking car got broken too. Yeah. It was sad, but it's okay because you know we're you here gonna tell now. a story. No, you know what I'm talking about. Which story? You know what I'm talking about. No, tell a story. The, the story of us almost. Oh, dying. we almost died. You got you got to yeah. tell the story. Nope, nope. Why? You got to tell the story because you're the guest. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Yes. So we're, so we're going to Entourage. Yes. R.I.P. to Entourage. Damn. Like, we done, we done outlived a lot of It was of Alice Mays, Rain, and then Entourage. And then Entourage. Yes. So we're going to Entourage. It was a Wednesday. Yes. We were and about to hand raining. out flyers. Yes. And we left my house. Yep. It was me and you and, and your car. And yep. then I think, wasn't it Hollywood Monte. and Phoenix? Mm-hmm. Hollywood and Phoenix in one of their cars. We go to Entourage. It's light, but we go, whatever. Yeah. So then they go home. We're coming back to my house so you could drop me off. And then it's raining. It's the raining. road is slippery. And then you're trying to, I think I'm trying, I was giving you directions on yes. how to get to my house because you can't remember from that way. Yes. And then the road is slippery. And I think you, you thought we were supposed to get off on the ramp. And I was like, no, 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 straight. Yeah. And then the car spins out of yes, control into the ditch. Into the ditch. And then the car hits a tree in the ditch. Yes. On my side. Yes. And then I guess we we were shook. Obviously, we were shaking up. And then was it the cop or first responder or somebody? It was the police. The police was like, had the car hit. Like two inches away from the gas tank. Right. It would have blew up. It would have blew up. The car would have blew up. Yeah. So then. Yeah. I know you was. I know you were shook. I remember that. I was <laughs> way. I was way more concerned about you than I was for myself. Bro. Because it was scary. Like, mm. it just. 
because you were driving. So it was like, yes. I had no control. So it was like, I'm just, whatever's going to happen was going <laughs> to happen. happen. But you actually had your hand on the yeah. wheel. So I can imagine. Because if, yeah. if, if I think if I would have kept going straight or if I would have hit that curve another way, I mm. think we would have landed like on a over, not the an overpass or, or like, yeah. Because it was a, like, that I never curve. thought about that. Like the other all ways we it did, went, Yeah, spun. all we did yeah. was spin into the ditch. We didn't go up. Because it could have Thinking about it now, which, which means you turn you turn the, the wheel to the left. That's mm-hmm. the only way we could have been spinning mm-hmm. that way for mm-hmm. it to go in the dish mm-hmm. and hit on my side. Because mm-hmm. if we would have went, it would have been like... Yeah. We would have probably hit the hump and it would have been so, out of there. I know yeah. you were going through it. <laughs> you were going through it. Yes. yes in I my mind, it was like, okay, I survived. As soon as I got in my house and I was, you know, and I calmed down because I was shook too. Mm-hmm. When I calmed down, I was like, okay. The, my main takeaway was we lived, one. Yes. But then even deeper was like, we lived, so that means we're here for a reason. Right. That's the my right. main takeaway from that. Right. And then, then it goes to, was I able to accomplish what I wanted to accomplish? Had I had died, would I have been happy? Right. Was, the, was my main mm-hmm. question. And when I couldn't say yes, like, with conviction, mm-hmm. I was like, no, 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 no this point forward, I'm going to do everything that I can. I mean, I was already motivated. Obviously, of course, you know me. Of course. But that was like an extra, extra battery. That was a flash. Like. And I actually was like mad. I was like, yo, that means the game would have got all of this work out of me. And then if we would have died right there, it would have just been like aspiring. Yeah. We would have been aspiring. Duh, 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 yeah. duh. And mm-hmm. I'm like, nah, 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 nah. That's not how this story is going. Yeah. <laughs> and then, so I just had a super duper battery in my back and I just started moving with, an intense mm-hmm. intent and purpose mm-hmm. and um yeah so it, from there what we you know i'm tra- we traveling to atlanta we yep. traveling to new york that's when BET all the awards mm. <laughs> we met you um what's his name? talk about that one now. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's still wild you talking about when you met dude in this uh it wasn't it. Who was it? It was on um, Gucci Mane video shoot. No, 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 no. I'm talking about when we were on the street remember we're walking down the street it's jacques 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 no, I'm not talking about Ooh. that. I'm talking about before that. We met. Um, Ooh, which one? What's my guy's name from? We met Clay. Clay. We met oh, Clay Evans. Oh, nigga. This we was met like... Clay Evans from Grand Hustle, from T.I.'s label. Randomly coming Randomly. out the back. Because what Randomly. was we doing? We was we handing out. We were with VABP. Yes. We I don't know. Really... We, must, we were going somewhere or coming from somewhere. I think, we're just, well, I think we had just got there or something. Right. And we were walking with VABP. And then we ran into Clay. And I think I think I knew who he was because I'm always like, let me research. So if I run into somebody, I know their right. names because I know that don't impress them. Like, you know, who I'm, whatever, whatever. Right. And then because they were with us, I was like, yo, B.A.B.P., they work with Lex. Yes. You know what I mean? Yes. And yes. then one of the guys, I'm not going to say who it was. We're not going to do that. One of the guys was like, yeah, yeah, Clay, you should Google us. <laughs> And I was like, bro, you go, just told. Go put it up. Go ahead and put. I I always said it was black. It was black. It was from, black. It from was VAVP. He told, told an executive from Grand Hustle <laughs> that they they had just met that he should Google them. I was dumbfounded. I was befuddled. Yes, because we we all look like what? Mm. And now we call him Mister Google Me to this day. Really? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that was a thing. Oh, mm. oh no. On his picture. you Because oh, I have pictures of when we went to the BET. Yeah. The BET um, weekend. Yeah. And it showed on the bottom, I put Mr. Google Me. And it wow. was like a LOL. I was weak. I said, you know what? It Why was, would you was, 
do that, Black. It was hard for me to <laughs> look at him the same way after that. Really? Yeah, because that's like a weird place to start a relationship with somebody that you never met. That's true. I don't think, I think now he would have did it different. Yeah. I, you know, I think he would have did it different. I think he was, I think it was confidence, but I think he thought it was confident, mm-hmm. but it didn't, it definitely didn't come off like that. Yeah, I it think didn't. it was a mistake. I don't think Clay looked to, at him like, what? Yeah. Google you. Yeah, so it was how I felt, <laughs> and I knew what your face was looking like, and then when I saw Clay face, I was like, yeah, he feel how I thought right. he would be feeling in this moment. And I didn't think Black understood he what, didn't. He didn't. how it was internalized by Clay. He didn't. But then you say, yeah, we went to the Gucci Man. Yeah. No, y'all went to the Gucci Man. You want to say that part? Mm. You say that part. The, well, yeah. Because mm-hmm. you, w- we were under the influence. <laughs> mm-hmm. We left you in the car. We asked if you were okay. But you, you didn't, said yes. You didn't say what led up to it. <laughs> Oh, you're just going to, you protect my reputation? No, I didn't know. You, you want to say okay. it? Okay, yeah, yeah. So we, shout out to Spud. Spud is from Virginia. Shout out to Spud out. So we were at Spud's house and we're yes. about to go out and do yes. all this amazing stuff. All this. So we were drinking and smoking and I don't smoke. And so I drink and I smoke on an empty stomach. And then we went out to do all this amazing stuff to network with Gucci and Waka and all these people. On an empty stomach. Everybody else had eaten, I guess, or whatever, or had a stronger stomach. I don't know. So by the time we got to the first location, which I think was a club. Yeah, it was definitely a club. I was done for the count. You were done. You were you were slow. I was over. throwing up. Whatever my thought was, it was like green, right? Yeah, it was. And then we was like, are you okay? Because we still about to go in this club. And y'all left still... me. No, no, but I told y'all to leave me. Yes, you did. You definitely I don't think did. any of us, including myself, still understand why it was green if I hadn't eaten anything. Where'd the color come from? We don't. It was probably bile. It, it probably had to have been. Because if, if you hit the blunt, like it was. Uh... And I don't smoke. So right. I don't know what I was thinking. And it was like. It wasn't no Reggie. It was definitely exotic. So at that time, that's it was what it like, was. You was like, I'm, I'm like, you ain't hitting that shit hard, bro. Right? You did you gas me. <laughs> you did gas me. You did gas me. So not only was I smoking, I was smoking some exotic <laughs> and drinking something dark on an empty stomach. So you already know. So we left his ass in the car. In the car. Went to the club. I was let sprawled out on the back on the back seat. Came back in there and was like, "You good, bro? Because we about to go to the Gucci, Gucci Man, Man video shoot, shoot. At, at a mansion." <laughs> We drove to that bitch, left his ass in right the in the again. car. I still don't know what the mansion looked like. <laughs> I ain't get the I ain't get the double Gucci. Ended up being in that video. In the video, were you? But you was there. You wasn't in the video, but you was there, right? Yeah, yeah. But you got to meet Gucci. I did. Mm, did I get to meet him? I was in the whole building in, in that area, standing. So there. you was networking. And stuff. Yeah, pretty much. I miss all pretty that. much. I'm, I'm still and VAP, VABP, I think is. In that video. In that video. I and forgot that... what it was, though. He had a white Bentley mm-hmm. sitting outside. He had the... It was all white. I remember that shit. Like, it was... It, cars lined the fuck up. Like, all... I don't think you remember. It was like a valet no. parking type situation. Because my only view was me... <laughs> and I got a picture Putting enough of energy to look out the window and see... I got a picture of you like this. Like that, yeah. It was sad. I it was weak. I'm like... It was a sad state of affairs. I, <laughs> so I learned two lessons from that. One, don't eat and or drink on an mm-hmm. easy stomach, mm-hmm. which I've learned that lesson a bunch of times, mm-hmm. but that was like the final straw. <laughs> and then the other thing was make sure you straight when it's networking time, especially <laughs> when you're out of town. 
Just make sure you're good. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Because yeah. you don't want to miss out on the opportunity. So who, no telling whose number could have been in my phone had I been good to move and I wasn't good to move. Yeah, I peer pressured you and I apologize nah, for that. No, but it's still too. my fault because all of that could have happened. And the, the worst case scenario is I would have been too high, but I would have still been walking. Yes. I would have still been in there. Yes. It was my fault because I didn't eat. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Yes. So that's just being young. You just and, was slumped over. And we was like, damn. Yeah. Well, we still yeah. going to have a little bit of fun and yeah. enjoy ourselves and tell you the story I'm, I'm later. I'm fun. <laughs> it's going to be another opportunity. I'm pretty sure. I'm going to meet Gucci. I'm not yeah. Ready. That and it's just, you know, we're all going to come back together again and we're going to do the same Who's thing. Who's <laughs> I want to know who this we is. Everybody that was a part of the crew. So I'm going to say real quick. Those, me and us having the mindset of, well, you guys not being afraid and me having the foresight to be like, let's go out of town and network. Yes. Was a game changer as yes. far as us having a brand known outside of Virginia. Yes. Because through that is how we meet Rock City. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Through that is how we meet Verse Simmons, who mm-hmm. became a paying client. Yeah. Through that is how we, um, this is a different trip, but. I, I go to Duffel Bag Studios with Samandi and Miss Parker. Okay. And Two Chains has the conversation with me in the studio of yo, um, becoming a solo artist. Right. And here's a box of CDs. Let's figure something out so you can promote Trapavelli, the first. That's solo when he came tape. to Virginia. I remember that. that. Yeah, this was a couple months before he came <clears> to Virginia. <throat> so I'm there. I'm I'm one of the only people that can say, um, I've been in Duffel Boy Studios. Mm-hmm. I don't even know if that studio exists anymore, but. Me and Samandy, shout out to Samandy, shout, shout out to Miss Parker. Um, we're in Duffer Boy Studios with two chains and random associates of his. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Um, when he when he was going solo, so I'm super proud of that because we were able to come back and give him Virginia. I told mm-hmm. him we was gonna work and give give him, you know, the market of Virginia, and we did that. And the funny thing is, the guy who was doing the same thing in North Carolina mm-hmm. became his DJ, DJ Eastside. So wow. we, we broke 2 Chains in Virginia as a solo artist. He did the same thing in North, North Carolina. But since he's a DJ and 2 Chains didn't have a DJ as a solo artist, he became his DJ and he's still his DJ. It's crazy. Fire. World works. Fire. And then, you know, also <clears throat> reaching out the Rostrum is how we work with Wiz Khalifa mm-hmm. and how we work with Rest in Peace, how we work with Prodigy as a solo artist as well. Oh, wow. So you've worked with a lot of artists. Mm-hmm. And you have you met some, most of the artists Yeah. that you work with? Yeah, 90, 90% of them. K Michelle, we worked with K Michelle between mm-hmm. her deals. So when she, before she was getting on Love and Hip Hop and she didn't have a deal, mm-hmm. and all the stuff she talked about when she first got on Love and Hip Hop or how she didn't have a deal and this is why and this is why, that stuff. Um, before she got on Love and Hip Hop, yeah, we was moving around with Bobby Fisher. Shout out to Bobby. Bobby, he's was, at uh, Empire now. Yeah, he was Trey Song's role manager. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, was in Florida. You know what I'm saying? Moving with K. Mm-hmm. That's how I meet K Michelle. That's how I meet Young Berg, okay. who's now hit maker. Mm-hmm. Um. Rest in peace to his manager. I think his name was Camouflage, if I'm not mistaken. Um, that's how I meet all these different people. That's how we meet. That's how I met Wendy Day, too. Oh, Wendy. I call her Wendy. I don't know why I say. Day. Yeah, I know. I just put and, it all um, together. Yeah, all of these all of these trips. Going to New York and meeting Armageddon. Even the core retreats. The core DJ retreats. That's how I met uh, uh, Tony. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So, you know, being, being not afraid to want something more for the company and right. for all of us, you know, trying to create opportunities and all that super important. Because so. ultimately it it helped us out individually. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, and that was always the goal. Yeah. Everybody that gravitated to Dark Knight was either they wanted opportunity mm-hmm. or money or funny enough, just didn't wait, want to wait in the line anymore. 
Oh. Where are we going next? We are, well. More so that brings us to the present, more or less. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can tell a little bit about the present, what you're doing now. Yeah, so I am the Virginia coordinator for the Hip Hop Caucus. Mm-hmm. The way I become, I get that position is I'm working for Def Jam. I'm putting up posters for 2 chains um, for his concert at the Norva. Mm-hmm. This guy next to me was like, yo, you got an extra stapler? Give him a stapler. And I'm like, no, 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 I'm going I'm to help you with your stuff. Right. He's TC from North Carolina. Mm-hmm. Well, he's a rep for the Hip Hop Caucus. So I'm putting up Two Chains um uh vote album promo posters, and he's putting out Two Chains Respect My Vote posters. Mm-hmm. And then he was like, "Yo, you should get down with the Hip Hop Caucus. Like, you seem like you know people and good people and all of that." And then that's how I joined the Hip Hop Caucus, just by helping him with a stapler and helping him do some work. And then now this is how it all connects. So then the CEO and founder of the Hip Hop Caucus, Reverend Yearwood. Mm-hmm sits on the board, he also sits on the board for the League of Conservation Voters. So yeah. they decided that they wanted to set up a voter registration operation in Virginia two years ago. Mm-hmm. So Rev said, yo, if you're going to set up Operation Virginia, you got to get Batman. Mm-hmm. So that's how I get um, the area director role for League of Conservation Voters. So now I'm the coordinator for the Hip Hop Caucus as well as the area director for the Hampton Roads area hip, uh, of League of Conservation Voters. So this is my this will 2020 will be my third year. Mm-hmm. These two years, um, we've helped to register 45,000 Virginians to vote, That's as well as like hundreds of people restore their right to vote, convicted felons. Yeah, so right. I'm super proud of that work. Hell yeah, you have to be because now, now we're at present. Right. Oh, your ultimate goal was to make pretty much make a change in what you do or people that you promote. Yeah, I think I think my I think my thinking was. Um, I always felt guilty that, you know, we were winning promoter of the year. Mm-hmm. We're helping all these artists. But then there were things that were happening in the community, mm-hmm. toy drives and this, that, and the third. And I never had time to help community-wise. Right, okay. And I felt super guilty. Like, I'm doing so well career-wise, what but I'm I not do? doing anything at right. home. It's like I have no digital, not digital or you know, realistic footprint in my community as far as helping. Nobody knew me to help. Right. Um, And, you know, I was raised by my parents to help. Right. So, yeah. So that was my, I felt like that was the way, that was the time for me to do that. So now my focus is to still do entertainment, still make a living off of that, still yeah. to provide opportunities through Dark Knight, but also to give back to the community. So now moving forward, it will always be me trying to connect the world so I can help the community, but also help artists and platforms and all that kind of stuff. That's dope. That's yep. dope. Well, we're going to move into... Mm-hmm. Something I like to call the top five. Okay. <clears throat> so, who who are your top five millennial artists? Millennial artists? Yeah. We're talking about like major artists? Or we just... Um, whatever you want to do. I can't do that. Five. I mean, if we're talking if we're talking about major and indie, I can't. I couldn't do it in five. Can I do separate like a major top five? And then... Well, you can do yeah, you can do that. And we're talking about the biggest, or we talking about my favorite? Your favorite. Um, millennial. So we're not talking about because <laughs> you know I want to say Jay real bad, but uh, no, because that's gonna be the next one. That's gonna be like generation. Generation. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So millennial, it will be um Big Sean. Mm-hmm. Big Sean is my favorite. Big Sean is who um through his content is who I would be my demeanor. Mm-hmm. Um, would be my swag, quote unquote. Um, 
you know, when I was 20. You know what I'm saying? In my 20s or whatever. I wish that Big Sean would have been there because then it would have been, like, yo, you're saying my life. Like, I'm trying to be like that. Right. Um. So Big Sean, Drake, obviously. Um. <laughs> uh, Kendrick, J. Cole, obviously. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think of one more who, like, connects with me on that level. I don't know. That one's, that one's hard. The fifth one would be hard. I feel like it should be an R&B artist. Mm. But I'm not sure, man. You know what? You know what? You know what? You know what? This one I'm going to say because I've been listening to him a lot lately. And yeah, so I'm going to go with T-Pain, actually. Oh, wow. It's my first time probably saying that out loud. But That's not the first thing. You don't get his flowers this, enough. Yeah. I think he's getting it more now. But we did, as a as a as the world, we did him a disservice when we tried to throw him out trash right. because of the auto-tune. Right. When come to find out he could sing. Really sing. Without the auto-tune. And he was always a good songwriter. So I'm going to give him all his props, all his flowers. T-Pain is. So the top five generational artists. Oh, so then now we're talking about Jay-Z. Jay-Z. Kanye. Mm -hmm. um, 50. Mm -hmm. Nas. Mm -hmm. um, Biggie. Okay. I like Pac. My favorite Pac song is um I Get Around. <laughs> um I like I like I like that Pac was versatile. Mm -hmm. Um but I I I like the way that Biggie flow. I like his flow. So okay, Biggie. So top five artists in your city. My we're gonna have to do Hampton Roads because Hampton. Mm -hmm. We got we got some, but um Hampton um Young Crazy. Mm-hmm. Era Hardaway. Um, Sonora, even though Sonora doesn't live here anymore, she's from Hampton Roads. Mm -hmm. She's got a dope song called Will You Be There? I love Sonora. Um, who else? It's it's so many. Good gracious. I'm going to make somebody upset or sad. It's okay. I'm not okay. trying. I'm not trying to. <laughs> I'm going to get the last two slots of who I see working. Mm -hmm. And so I'll say Scoozy. Okay. And then I'll say, you know what? I'm going to say um, Beach Boy Lex. Okay. I'm gonna say Beach Boy. He put in a lot of work. Um, super dope lyricist, true to his craft. I'm gonna say I'm gonna say him. Okay. Nice. So, you know, I asked a question at the beginning. Okay. Uh, I'm gonna ask you another question now. You can cool. do a little wrap up because we mm -hmm. about what, two minutes away? Ha. <laughs> oh, well, okay. Well we might can do it a little bit longer. Hey, let's go. Uh so, um, what? I was about to ask the wrong question because I was looking at something. <laughs> what don't you like about the industry? I don't like, I don't like, and I've been saying this for months now. I don't like that the music industry as a whole, two things. One, that they keep empowering they keep empowering people that are right there. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Obviously, for my career, I had to make my own way, this and the third. But I feel like if they looked me over, and as far as a label job, now I worked for Def Jam, but, mm -hmm. you know, my goal was to work for Def Jam in the, at, you know, in New York. Right. Um, But that all goes to show that if they didn't pick me, there are plenty of people that are super duper qualified, overqualified, that they could have picked for different roles, and they didn't. They kept picking people that were right there in New York. I don't like that shit. 
There's, there are a lot of qualified people. Shout out to all my street team people, all my Shout people who are facilitators and connect dots and all that across the country who don't get the um, respect always or the looks they should get mm-hmm. that they've earned. And I also don't like the fact that the industry will not publicly say that Virginia is next up. I hate mm-hmm. that. Um, and this is how I've been explaining it to artists. They're never going to say that, I think, because as soon as they say that out loud, then that label, whoever that A&R would be or whatever, mm-hmm. or executive, and all of the other labels would have to send A&Rs here to immediately start signing talent. Mm-hmm. But there's a difference between you not saying it and then trying to negotiate with an artist and you may be able to get them for 100000 versus you saying, you know what I'm saying, um, Virginia's next up, and then your negotiating power goes down and that leverage goes up because if they know that you're looking for Virginia talent, right. that means everybody's stock goes up. Right. So instead of you possibly getting somebody for a hundred thousand, you probably gonna have to give them like half a mil to a mil kind of stuff. Right. If you're saying we next up, that means the 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 spotlight is on us in a major way. Right. So they won't say it because, and don't ever get it twisted. Um, they are flying out songwriters. Um, they're scooping up DJs oh, yeah. here and there. Oh yeah. Um, artists and producers. They they tapping people, but they're doing it in an individual basis. So yeah. it's almost like. The people here are looking at it as an opportunity as opposed to we know, you know, I know what you're doing. Like right. you're you're cherry picking talent, which is the best in the world. And it's here, but you're doing it one person at a time. So it makes it look to the person like it's an opportunity when it's no, we're getting the best talent because the right. best talent is here. Right. If they would say it publicly again, everybody's stock immediately goes up. So I don't think they would actually say it out loud. That's I don't think mine. so either. Because that's, that's why mine. I think we don't even have that major hub. Here. Yeah, but I think um that's gonna change because we're now I think in the best space ever for all that all that stuff to start happening. You know, with something in the water for one. But then this new school of creatives and artists and all of that, they're definitely, you know, creating their own platforms. Um Maya has EDL Fest, a lot of you know, Fakazumi has um Barcade, you know what I'm saying? Uh Raisa has Utopia Finney, the art gallery. Because a lot of people are seeing that they have to create their own in order for the talent to be seen. Yeah. And we really should have always been on that way. Hell yeah. It just took, I think, us a while to really, really figure it out. And that's something I noticed when I was in San Diego. Mm-hmm. They they was big with them swap meets. They mm-hmm. selling CDs, DVDs mm-hmm. of indie artists and, and raking it in because they had fan bases. You know what I'm saying? But they're cultivating fan bases in a real way. That's the one thing that we lack is figuring out how to effectively acquire fans right fan acquisition and fan engagement is our only thing so what virginia artists do because we have the talent is the virginia artists keep going to open mics and this that and the third so they're getting on these platforms and getting little looks but it don't mean nothing because it ain't all your fans right you know what i'm saying and because nobody i don't think a lot of artists know how to effectively create their own fan base right when you do do your own event, it'll be the same twenty people, the same. And 40 people. when the other artists go on to on stage, mm-hmm. stay for that artist. Have your fans appreciate what's going on on stage yeah. instead of just grabbing everybody and saying, "Oh, since I performed, I'm out." Yeah, that's a, like, that, that's a respect thing. But then you're also missing out on yeah, being able to make somebody that's a fan of somebody else mm-hmm. a fan of yours. That's that that that's a key piece that's missing. Right. Yeah. Hundred percent. Right. That support from other artists. I mean, it it happens. Every now and again, but mm-hmm. it doesn't happen as often as it should. But be. T- see, even with that, my mindset is always like, and not even to dismiss your point, but I agree with that. But I also think that, you know, you have to, you have to be able to create your own 
first. Mm -hmm. If I'm an artist and I have 20 fans and you got 20 fans and we do an event, that's only 40 fans, maybe 50 if you're talking about word of mouth. Mm -hmm. But if I understand how this works and fan, a fan base supersedes any tastemakers, gatekeepers, radio, whatever, whatever, mm -hmm. and then I create a fan base that has a thousand fans and then you come on with 800 to 1500 fans, we can sell out to Norva. Right. And because there's not enough energy being put into how to, again, effectively create a fan base, that leaves the promoters in power, mm -hmm. which is when you get the whole give me 500 to 1,000 to open up oh, for a major artist. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Right. So here, the whole dynamic is switched. The promoter is has the most leverage and influence and power. Right. When the artists who create, you know what I'm saying, this incredible music have to, you know what I'm saying, find opportunities. Now we're getting better. The new generation is better at like, yeah, no, nah, F that. We got to make our own. Um, But I think we're still at the early stages of that. Like, yeah. but I like what I'm seeing. Same here. Um, But we got to figure out a way to do that. Because so, these young young people putting on team parties at the, well, the cave, RIP the cave, I think that's cave. No, no, no. Um, New Year's Eve is their last day. Oh. Um, are they breaking it down or are they, they, they shutting it things down? Things are in the works. That's all I'm okay. going to say. Cause it's a one way in, one way out, baby. Listen. Cause that thing is hot as a motherfucker. I've been things are in the works. That's all I'm gonna say. Mm, that club. Um, yeah. <laughs> but Dar what Darnard is gonna do mm -hmm. in 2020 is we're gonna introduce um a bunch of different platforms mm -hmm. um to solve that problem um to help develop talent mm -hmm. and to give artists a platform to be exposed to fan bases. But, you know, again, also... You about the, to start a label? Dark Knight no, label? No. Let's no, mm -hmm. no, not... Let's not do that. Let's <laughs> <laughs> not do that. No, at, at some point, at some point I will because mm -hmm. I know I'm qualified to do so. Of course. Um, But I take I take all of that super serious. When you're talking about starting a label, then you're talking about having somebody's dreams um, mm -hmm. in, in your hands. And I want to make sure that I have the time and energy to do it right. Right. At some point I'm going to do it. But I have a lot of work to do on the social justice side. And um, I think I'm, right now I'm effective at, again, helping artists to come up with their strategies and their campaigns and stuff like that. You know, just facilitating. But like I said, with these platforms, that's going to allow me to help artists that are not even clients of ours uh, initially. Because this will be things that artists can sign up for or be a part of that will help them. And there are different platforms in different ways. So I'm super excited. Um, Obviously, you know, I have the respected DJ event, mm -hmm. but um, I have a couple other events, um, special events next year that are will not be not even be events, but platforms again. Mm -hmm. And they're going to turn Virginia upside down. I'm going to tell you that right now. Well, I'm saying that very, wait. very, very, very confidently that we're going to we're going to be the reason or part of the reason. Let me say that because mm -hmm. it's super duper cocky. <laughs> I'm gonna say we're going to be part of the reason why Virginia starts, you know, accelerating Virginia having the spotlight on us. Right. And mm -hmm. it, we're not going to leave it up to the industry to, again, say our name mm -hmm. out loud. We're going to, there's enough people following me on social media that I have in my phone that when they see what we're doing, mm -hmm. they're going to This door is about to be kicked in. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. Because I, I am one of those people, um, <clears throat> however it sounds, where they put the gatekeeper title on me. Mm -hmm. um, it's not something I gave myself, but I understand that if you have influence in your market and you're able to break records on radio, help break records. Um, and I yeah, you have several actually, um, that I get the phone calls from labels. Like I've gotten it several times about several artists from around here. Like 
A&R is like, yo, Bat, like, is this artist for real or is it just propped up to look like da 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 so they can get a deal? I've gotten that call, like, more than 30 times about different indie artists moving around here. So I'll get the call out of nowhere. Right. But those are the same kind of calls that the radio station will get that, you know, they'll call DJs and be like, yo, like, are they moving in a real way? Like, what is it? Or da-da-da-da. Right. So when I understood that DJs were getting that call from labels and then I started getting them, I was like, oh, okay, so I'm leveling up because right. they respect my opinion. Of course. And they know, you know what I'm saying, I'm going to tell them what it is, whether what they want to hear or not. So this is my way of fixing that problem. Yeah. Um, we're going to move this thing forward in a real way, mm-hmm. and we're going to help a lot of artists and, you know, continue to wave the flag for Virginia. That's lovely, and I can't wait because everybody says – Oh, 2019 is going to be my year, but 2020 is about to be lit. And if you don't have I, I no plan, it. then 2020 is going to be the same as 2019. Correct. Straight up. Correct. You have so. to have some type of goal, whether it is short-term, long-term. And it should see, be both. Yeah. But sometimes you see the bigger picture, and then you miss the steps that you have to take to get to that bigger Or don't want to do the steps, mm-hmm. which is where we get into buying followers and buying views and all the stuff that the labels know. Um, it's fake, but people still keep doing it. So mm-hmm. there's like a whole industry of millions and millions of dollars from companies that are selling, you know, selling that kind of stuff. But you know, again, the labels are already smart. They know what y'all doing. When they don't see enough comments, you know what I'm saying, and it's not equaling up to the likes and all of that in any kind of metric, mm-hmm. then they know that y'all buying followers. They know that you, you know buying views, and so you think you doing the cheat code, but you really lost out on some money. And you know those are not organic fans. So now your 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 followers are so mixed up that you don't really know how many actual fans you actually have anymore. Right. So how can you monetize that in a real way through merch or doing an event to sell tickets? You can't because Mm-mm. now you got fake followers mixed in with real followers. Yeah. When really you should you know eliminate that. Trust the why process. Would you, yeah. Why would and you build it from get the ground up? Fake followers anyway. Well. You I know, mean, try, trying to trying to get to I the goal faster. But That's all that is. It comes out, you know. Yeah, it's not helpful. It's, it yeah. doesn't. It doesn't do anything for you. All you're doing is impressing other people who don't know the difference. Because you're not you're not fooling any executive. Exactly. So exactly. when when somebody on your level sees that, oh man, he's he had four thousand followers yesterday, yeah. and now he has fifty four thousand followers. You're impressing right. them. Somebody on your level. You're yeah. not impressing anybody above you. We all know what you're doing. <laughs> so Point it's blank, foolish. Foolish. Let's, let's stop playing out here. In these streets. In these streets. <laughs> Shenanigans is what we call that. Well, I wish we could talk more mm-hmm. because we have to wrap it up. Oh, no. But uh, tell them where they can follow you. And I'm pretty sure we're going to have another show because I'm going to sure. bring all my guests back at mm-hmm. one time so we can have a round table of thoughts. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So, Instagram <laughs> is Dark Knight ENT. Mm hmm. And then Twitter is Batman VA Promoter, no E, B A T M A N, um, V A P R O M O T R. And email is Batman2K2D at gmail.com. And if you're really trying to, if you're serious about doing some business, mm-hmm. you can always text or call my cell phone, 757 576 7783. Had the same number for. 10 plus years so wow that means i'm not hiding from nobody you know that means i do good work <laughs> some people you know what I'm saying you do business with or you know your associates and stuff they change their number every year oh yeah and that's so true. that's cool i guess but you know we try to be men and women of our word around here so yeah. that's how i'm moving loyalty mm-hmm. it's a loyalty lot of- and integrity above all oh 
Oh. Oh. You know what my new thing is? I came up with a new slogan. What is it? Clarity in all things. If you think about any time where you weren't sure how something was going to turn out, like life-wise, like the big questions and stuff, it's mostly because, again, going back to you probably didn't have a plan. And so how can you be, you know, how can you be positive about your future if you don't know how you're going to get there, you don't know how it's going to turn out? But every time you sat down and made a plan with actual you know, reachable goals, mm-hmm. then you felt some stability because, okay, now, okay, cool, I feel better. I know what I got to do, and if I do this, this, and this, then I'm mm-hmm. going to get to that. Right. got to do it like that. It's make it manageable. Humans just, we overcomplicate everything. Right. So I ain't with that. I'm trying to control your own destiny. 2020. That's I'm on that too. That's my other slogan. <laughs> I got slogans. Of course you do. I got slogans. Clothing line on the way next year. Clothing line on the way next year. Uh oh, exclusive. It's going to be called in all but, things. But you know, I have to get some of that. It's called. It's going to be called in all things. Okay. Because again, I just said clarity in all things, but mm-hmm. then I realized that it's a lot of things that you could put in front of in all things. Right. You could put strength in all things mm-hmm. or faith in all things. So the name of the overarching umbrella will be in all things. You know what I'm saying? And so, yeah. Well, I'm, congratulations. I'm excited. I'm excited. Congratulations. Well, you have to come back and talk about all oh, of that. Because I know it's a lot that we it's a lot. have to talk about. <laughs> most of this, most of the podcast was my story. Yeah. Which and in you know? which it is most for most people because that's just the part one. So the part, right. just imagine what part two is going to oh, be Oh, yeah, that's about. when we you start getting I mean? all like, into it. Right. So, you know, you got to. Hopefully they listen to it and they understand You got to lubricate them. Lubricate them? <laughs> you mean spoon feed them? You got to lubricate them? <laughs> All righty. You said that. Um, yeah. I mean, I think if nothing else, as you recover, um, that they can hear the story and, and understand that wherever they at, not only can you bounce back, but, mm-hmm. you know, you like they say, you got to trust the process. So, you know, can't skip steps. No. You gotta, you know, you no. gotta want to pay your dues, and you gotta enjoy putting. You gotta in the work. also know your motherfucking value, mm. because I always That's say key. this, and I will always say this: know your value. You it, just because you don't have the money to spend, know that you can trade something in it for, you know, equal value. Yes, of course, the know barter that. system. That's it. Absolutely, people don't understand that. They want to get the money right then. You could barter something and then end up making more money than you would have bartered or paid for that like that's a one-time payment you're thinking about and then this is considered residual this is residual income like people just don't get it in in relationships or goal is so many people out here burning bridges Mm -hmm. you know i'm saying not being a man or woman of their word i'm I'm trying to tell y'all right now there have been times where i was down and out and me me having these really good relationships was able to give me certain looks to put me right back in position to continue to make money um, in, in a real life reference is going back to entourage. There were plenty of nights, especially like in the summer. You know what I'm saying? When you know how it was, a hundred, a, a, a million people outside trying to get in the club, uh, and at because 12, at twelve, one o'clock, in the you, you, you dig. And because the security guard was like, you know, they knew, oh, Batman, we got to get him in here now. The dope boys or whoever, say whoever <laughs> was out there. I seen it with hundred dollar bills in their hand. Like, bro, like I'm trying to get, I'm trying to get in. Okay, cool, cool. I and got you. And this hot ass motherfucking yeah. place didn't give a damn. Didn't care. Like they gonna get it, they, but they get... let's make sure you know VIP. Like, and they think the hundred dollars make them a VIP. Nah, dog. Like we let's make sure we get Batman in here first. Batman, hurry up and get in here. It's crazy out here. 
It's crazy. They're going to make sure I'm straight. They're pulling people And in. then they're going to still take your money. And then you're going to get in the club. Yep. So is. Mm. Sure that, is. Now, that's value in your brand right there. You're paying $100 more than me to get in the club. Walking right up into the front. Mm. Hey. Getting a shout out from DJB. All love. Mm. <laughs> so you popping bottles in the VIP. You paid $100 to get in the club. So you probably spent three, four, five hundred. <laughs> I ain't paid nothing. And I got I made more impact walking in that club than you. Oh my god. You gotta readjust your strategy, bruh. <sighs> All right. Like I said, we have was we would have was that aggressive? Nope. Okay. Nope. We're just gonna leave that like okay. it is. All right. I'm gonna give my shout outs and okay. we're gonna end this motherfucker. <laughs> you can follow me on Instagram, M I S S Hollywood. 313, Twitter, M S Hollywood 313. Shout out to Bad to the Core. Volume two mixtape submissions because we we are doing a females only mixtape and you can go on my Instagram page and find that flyer. Shout out to Session Four Twenties for having us because this is where I do my podcast. Yeah, studio. Love the studio by the way. Love appreciate it. it. Appreciate it. Shout come out here, to <laughs> GLG, the Adult Swim Tour team, Core Models, Core DJs, and make sure you guys tune in. I am going to drop my podcast. Soon, yes, you can give your shout out shortly. Um, and yeah, I don't know when I'm gonna put put this out, but just be aware it's gonna be a dope fucking rollout. Yeah, and uh, Batman want to give his last shout outs, and then we gonna be out this motherfucker. Want to shout out my newly formed Dark Knight ENT team. Yes. So shout out to Key. You know what I'm saying? Photographer, videographer, extraordinaire. He he, right next to me right now. Big plans for him. Uh, to my to my my other teammate Mike Waves, um, crazy producer. Shout out to Trey from Dope Sound Music. Also down with the team. He has his own um event uh, platform called Show Up to Blow Up. You know what I'm saying. Shout out to Frosty who we just brought on as a, a photographer. Um, shout out to Dominique who we just brought on. He's gonna be doing marketing and promotion stuff for us. And uh, we might be bringing on a couple more people, but like I said, it's a lot of work. Mm-hmm. That's a lot of platforms. There's a lot of events. There's a lot of artists. So, you know, we want to make sure that, you know, I have the team to sustain all of that. Shout out to our first client for 2020, who we already got, Slim Cartel. So y'all going to be hearing about mm-hmm. him. Shout out to my League of Conservation Voters team. Shout out to mm-hmm. my Hip Hop Caucus team. And shout out to Virginia because I waved that flag, bro. Big shout out to yeah. my family. Love y'all to death. Thank you. Shout out to Blue Royale because that liquor was dope. Send me some And shout money. out to anybody that made away from me, whether it was Keith or G <laughs> or Jig. Or Chanti or Chuck or any of those people. Thank you. Is it me or was it hiding here? Is it me or was it hiding here? So Hollywood. So Hollywood. So Hollywood. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. It's time to get ignorant. The Hollywood lights are bright. Let's get right for a little bit. The vibe's so low, so let's go and bump it a little bit. Let's celebrate life like it's gonna end in a little bit. Hit the bottom a little twist and mix it with some of this. And mix it with Hollywood and you fall from monotonous. Imagine the gas can't even produce more hotness than this hip hop pop. It's a female accomplice. Hey, Double L, Y, Double U.
or was it hiding here? Looking to book your next studio session? Contact Session 420 at www.greenleafgame.com.